Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is David Birnbaum. I'm joined by Tom Nowak and he's here to help me get my fill. Uh, so we're going to talk about philosophy on this podcast and you know every week so be sure to tune in. But I want to kind of start with you Tom on something that Ayn Rand was called and kind of go from there. Um, so in her book um, Philosophy Who Needs It, she was called the greatest salesperson philosophy's ever had. And I kind of want to talk about her and the title of that book, Philosophy Who Needs It. Um, like, because there's a lot of people I feel who are, you know, our age and a lot of my friends don't really see why I'd even care about philosophy. And so I want to talk to you because you're actually the one who put that on my radar in terms of definitely, you know, within the realm of actually calling it philosophy that itself. Yeah, um, I actually get that response a lot from people. Uh, I tend to uh, get the question asked to me like, oh, why is philosophy really that important? It's just a game that intellectuals like to play with each other. Um, it doesn't really apply to my life. You know, people seem very disinterested in it and they don't understand how it applies to what the world is that they're living in and how they're living their own life. Yeah. And so I, I really found it uh, like I, I'm hugely appreciative for you, you know, putting it on my radar. I had done a lot of work um, on psychology stuff and spirituality stuff. And when, you know, you started talking to me about your philosophy and how how just, you know, thinking about philosophy and your philosophy changed your life, it had it had changed my the psychology and spirituality had changed my life in a very similar manner, which is which I just found, you know, so astounding, and just you know I was hooked before I'd even started. I think, um, and so can you talk a bit about like I am interested to know kind of what led you to philosophy. Um, so for me, it was, and I'm writing down that you were interested in psychology and spirituality because I want to get back to that. Yeah, but um, for my experience, it was it was a combination of several factors that culminated into uh, me finding this field, and I would say the factors were um, I was dissatisfied with my own way of living. I was constantly. Um, very anxious and it seemed like I wasn't taking the world as seriously as I thought it, I should. Okay. Um, the second... I definitely feel that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the second part is what I was seeing around me in terms of social interaction. Um, I thought there was something tremendously wrong with what the thoughts are that are on people's minds most of the time. Um, like what, what it is that they really care about. I always had this disconnect between people. What on other that. people are spending their mental effort on. Yes. What it is that they, they, they see as issues, um, yeah. versus me. Um, did that become more prevalent as you know, this political environment has come about? Cause I, I kind of always felt that way a bit in my own life. And then now I'm seeing that just very explicitly reflected 
in broader society now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was quite um, I was quite apolitical up until university. Um, I didn't care about it. I didn't want to care about it. Um, I saw it as quite boring. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, like historical stuff, like I was I was interested in. I was definitely already interested in how things like Nazi Germany came about or the the Soviets because of my exposure to that with my parents. Um, yeah. and, and I was just interested in history overall. Um, but I didn't care much about the current politics because I just didn't, I didn't see how it applied to anything. It, I didn't make any connections between what people were, how people were acting to yeah. what was going on in the broader society. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what is the most interesting and alarming about politics now is its underlying philosophy and how it is like people think I'm a bit of an alarmist, but what is going on is those same underlying philosophies that caused the atrocities of the 1900s, right? And that's that's the fundamental thing that's so interesting and scary. But I you know the, the thing that really just fascinates me about philosophy and, and, and I really want to try and hone in on why, you know, trying to convert my friends to philosophical minds, right? Like, because I think it's so important and I see when I talk about these things with people, how interested they are in what I have to say and just the way I think about these things. And for me, uh, like Ayn Rand is the first person I've seen call it a science, like explicitly, right? And, and I'm reading now through her book, Objectivism, The Philosophy of Ayn Rand, or not her book, but the book about objectivism. Yes, by Leonard Peikoff. By Leonard Peikoff, thank you. And um, like her methodical and literally mathematical approach to it is just so fascinating, especially coming from an engineering background. Um, because for me, I, I was obsessed with this idea of social engineering and, I, and like the applications of political science as, as I saw it. But I think it's much more the applications of the science of philosophy, right? Um, that's kind of how I'm, I'm, I'm viewing it now. Um, so just the fact that it is a science and it should be treated as such. And if we took a metho- methodical approach to philosophy the same way we do, quote, hard sciences, um, it could bear so much fruit because, you know, um, it's also... It is the science that allows us to know what the importance of all the other sciences are, right? Yeah. Like why do we care to find out this information? Why do we care to know what is going on in in the planet, in the universe, and that kind of thing? Yeah, and, and I'd like to contrast that really quickly with what I call um, scientism, which mm-hmm. is people, yeah, the people have the same claim that we need to treat um, social policy more scientifically, but it, it falls more within the frame of what you were saying earlier about social engineering. So these people, yeah. they start, they, they have premises that they don't admit to, and they start off with those, and then they say, okay, how do we use quote-unquote science to um, fulfill that, that, um, that premise, to, to get what it is that I want, Right. Um, but they never actually inspect, they never check their own premises. So they haven't, they haven't actually checked like, okay, what is it that people really need? Like, 
why are we alive? You know, um, like what is what is morally the right thing to be doing? They don't yeah. ask those questions. They just they just presuppose that all that stuff is already answered. Like you know, okay, we live for society. Uh, therefore, yeah. how do we scientifically go about that? Yeah, and it's like no one is actually taking. Everything is just presupposed now. Like, and I feel like. You know, I, I'm big on the millennial generation generally, and I feel like, especially our generation, like like you said, you were just you were unsatisfied with the types of things that our generation was thinking about, and I view it similarly. I don't think, you know, by and large, our generation has started to assess their own life, right? Like individually or or as as a society, right? And I feel like that we've just kind of accepted what we've been told and fed all our lives because the the fields of philosophy, I think, also weren't and other humanities weren't well respected. Right. So like there was no question in anyone's mind that was, you know, quote, smart in my high school that they were going to go into STEM. Right. Like. Whereas I think it's such a flawed, I think that's just so flawed, right? Like I wish I would have um, known of the, the actual science of philosophy earlier. Like who knows what would have been different, but that it's just so unbelievably fascinating to me now. But then there is also the fact of apparently like it's actually hard to practice properly at a lot of the universities these days, right? Apparently the, the universities themselves are quite bankrupt yeah in, so in a lot of these realms the thing is david that um the smart people who say like yeah they they only want to go into stem i i don't really blame them because stem um you know particularly science uh and engineering are are in math yeah uh they're the only they're the only fields really that are still like they immune. still, yeah, they still try to be completely objective. So yeah. when, when you learn something in mechanical engineering, you're learning physical properties of something. You're learning dynamics that have been proven time and time again. Um, and you don't see that commitment to objectivity almost anywhere else. So for instance, yeah. um, I have this anecdotal evidence from a friend or rather a podcaster I listened to. Um, and he was talking about when he was in journalism school. And the way that they teach journalism, it directly contributes to how the media acts now and how it's perceived. Um, yeah, 100%. They, they view, even in the school, they view truth as like, as just a, a, an opinion that you have to push. And... You know, when like it's every every article is a persuasive essay that focuses on just getting people onto your side of things, right? Mm. Um, and and that's what they teach. So there's no, there's not even the pretense of trying to be objective anymore. Yeah, um, and and that's I mean, growing up, you know, I I find, you know, obviously I'm I'm new to philosophy and I've kind of, you know, fallen into objectivism quite naturally because just out of my own anxieties and defense mechanisms since I was a kid, I always tried to be objective and rational. And like that was it, because that's 
all I could do. I was very not in touch with my emotions and things like that, but it made sense and it made me excel, right? Like, because I knew what I stood for, right? I had, it was, there were some like fundamental flaws that I've had to work very hard to overcome in the past few years, but it was this idea that there is always an objective truth. I never understood this concept that is now so prevalent of like, well, it's my lived truth versus your lived truth. It's no, there is a truth and there are different perspectives, but it's actually the integrity of knowing you're working towards that truth, right? We, and that's, again, I, I'm just like so fascinated by the way Ayn Rand so methodically explains it, but it is literally that. It's not about oh, this is my perspective, that's your perspective. It's about whoever is more open to the idea of getting more information and furthering their perspective. Because um, that's just the starting point. What you perceive is the starting point of some piece of the truth. And, and it's the, the morality is in actually being open and seeing the need to find what that truth actually is. Yeah, and, and, and there's something in my life that has come up a lot, and it's actually been quite recent too, um that the pushback on this idea of truth is like in order to claim to know something you have to or people think rather that you have to know everything about it you know um yeah. and it, it it my my um i uh, just don't buy that and i've never bought that well right my now. hypothesis is that these people really they don't believe in objective truth they rather believe that like they 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 smear me as like an intrinsicist so like they think oh like tom thinks that there's this intrinsic truth about the universe that can just be gleaned uh like like from this cloud of knowledge and and so the reason why they they claim like oh you have to know you have to be super expert at anything in order to make any claim at all is because they they think that like you have to spend a lot of time and have a lot of knowledge on 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 a particular thing before you can make any certain claims about it right and i think that's also a defense mechanism on their part there's this idea now that so many people hold that they don't have a desire they don't have a need to know the truth in any sense they will they will let the experts figure it out and just they'll just parrot what they like if they deem you as an expert then whatever you say goes and so they think it's they think it's arrogant for anyone to claim they have some semblance of truth, basically, yeah. because they don't want to take on that responsibility. And I think that's so prevalent now. No one wants to take on their own responsibility for the truth, for for knowing things and for holding themselves to account for the things they know and don't know. People are just not willing to take responsibility for themselves, it seems. Well, um, Alex Epstein, uh... I might have shared you his podcast already. His um, uh, his podcast is called the Human Flourishing Project, and um, he's basically on a quest for better knowledge systems. Uh, and he shared something that was some good advice uh, to carry forward about experts. So you should treat experts as like just really informed advisors, you know, um, and really the burden of of like of of uh, understanding and of explanation is on them to be able to explain clearly um to people 
like what it is that they're an expert in and what their what their opinion is on it um Mm. that is their like burden uh as an expert um and now how you should treat them is as a really good advisor so you know don't take their don't necessarily take their statements as facts rather if they are a good expert then they have provided you all the information necessary to form a good conclusion which hopefully they have also concluded as well but you should go through all the work as well to say like does their methodology do their explanations make sense um well and that's like i'm wondering if you know i if we take this type of thought process for granted because we went to engineering school right because that is just i mean that is the process you need to do things right and like you cannot just and especially i mean it's built into i i'm a big fan of the engineering profession because it's about applying the experts knowledge but you are the one that's liable right there is an engineer that is building this that needs to know it's true or safe because they are personally liable if that fails so that that mindset of actually needing to understand something and not just know it right not just know and be able to pare it back but to understand and integrate that knowledge properly so you can use it like to apply it and i feel like i mean in the science of philosophy and just like in human life that's so important um and it seems to be i don't know largely lost for a lot of people now which which is so unfortunate and they want to just kind of ab- abdicate that responsibility uh, to the experts. And I mean, I have many thoughts on, on the statism model that kind of leads to that. You know, we don't have to worry about it because we trust the government to do these things, to know these things for us, right? And it's that fundamental flaw, I mean, to the core, I guess. I, I, I honestly, I wish I could trust the government. Like, in, in, <laughs> in the best world, where where like there's where there would be actual objective law then like trusting that the government is doing its job would be a great thing um but i like honestly i i'm in a world now where i i really don't want the government to be necessarily good at um at like applying all of its laws because i don't like a lot of the laws and i don't like a lot of the the things that the government does right but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying I, I completely agree with you, but I think the, the format that life has taken in, at least as I've observed my life and my peers' lives, lives is that that is the default. We just we don't need to know things because we assume the government knows it and will implement laws accordingly. Right. I, I had a, I had an argument slash debate with my stepfather about this new uh, the, the more stringent like drinking and driving laws so they can give you a breathalyzer no matter what, mm-hmm. right? And he said, well, it's good. Like drinking and driving is bad and we just trust that the government knows that and that's why they're doing this. And I was like, well, like, but people still drink and drive. It's much better to try and educate them properly so they can make the decision themselves to not do it, right? It's like carrot versus stick, kind of. If you can come to the decision yourself um, through knowledge, um, that is a lot better and more sustainable. And it's just so many things now, that's p- potentially not the best example, but there's just so many things now that 
we don't even think about because we just trust that the government is doing it properly. And that's why the government, um, I mean, that's kind of why I think you see this swing between left-wing and right-wing governments because no one is holding the left-wing to account or paying attention to what they're doing, so they do whatever they want until the right-wing comes in and cuts some of it. And it just swings back and forth instead of taking measured approaches either way because people just trust the overlords. Yeah, can I can I try to provide an example that I like better of the Yeah. Um you yeah, how you were you were talking about trusting the government. I would say a good example of that is that I what I see is is trusting the government to do science. There are um there are government departments that are dedicated to researching things or mm -hmm. they're fun or they're funding research projects. Now, oh, why is that the government's, why is that in the government's jurisdiction? You know, they, the government, the only science they should really be focused on is the science of, of politics of like maybe uh, like the science of democracy. How yeah. do we make democracy and our own system work as best as possible? Yeah, so so there's the courts, right? So when there are issues regarding people, uh, people's interactions with each other that have never been seen before, uh, you know, they have a dispute, then I would say a proper role of the government is then to say, okay, well, let's apply our understanding of rights and come to... A conclusion in this in this interaction that that corresponds to what we know you know that that is a scientific process that is completely within the government's jurisdiction but yeah. for the government to legislate or to to have research projects on things like um, what what's a good example like road physics or yeah. um, it's just not yeah or building think, science like... yeah and i think the 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 thing i want i i completely agree with you and i think that shows where our philosophies kind of align with each other's and how they contrast with a, a large majority of our peers i would guess right yeah and and i don't um, and i don't want to um like i don't want to alienate those people necessarily i think i think um there are people who who they they actually do have a lot of the same intentions but they don't quite think through it all the way and they they make errors yeah. in 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 the in the way up to where we are yeah and i and i think the most important thing is that you know i i i'd say you know i see a value i don't think people need to agree with my philosophy at outright i think it's important for everyone to figure out the importance of philosophy and figure out what theirs is as a starting point if it, to, to define what the core pieces of their philosophy are. And so for me, like, like I, I said at the beginning, it kind of connected with psychology for me. And I, I've, I'm re, I read, you know, uh, Leonard Peikoff's book as quite psychological, right? Like the way Ayn Rand developed philosophy is a process of thinking. And, and that's basically her, her fundamental premise is every person has a core philosophy. It's just whether or not you are aware of it and in control of it, and thus you can have it like a neat organized library of the things you know and why you know them, versus someone who chooses to ignore that 
and the things they think and the conclusions they form on the, uh, in their day-to-day -day life is just based on a mash of, of single pages completely unfiled and unfiltered. Um, because everyone does function in society, right? Everyone does have some process of thinking that they go through. And that's what she says philosophy is. And I think the, the field of philosophy is merely investigating those processes and, and seeing which ones are right, which ones are good and better, and knowing that there is such a thing as that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, I mean, the same, like, like, you know, we both went through some, some life changes, let's call it, and that's kind of how we got connected. And I, I went through it in a more psychological framework, let's call it, right? Um, but it is completely paralleled, right? It's about, like, the, the leading, you know, psychological technology, let's call it, is the cognitive behavioral therapy, which is totally about paying attention to your own thoughts, recognizing where they come from and why you think them. Same with your emotions. And that's what, you know, the philosophy is about as well. And I think it's so important for people to start paying attention to that for themselves. Yeah. Now, let's go back to what the goal was for this, this episode. Um, you wanted to talk about convincing people why philosophy is so important right yeah so we we've kind of touched on it right so how there's there's your psychology and your your thoughts all come from something mm -hmm. um so you should know what you know what your basis is of like thinking things are right or wrong or um the actions you choose to take um there was also we were talking a little bit about um politics and how the philosophy of the society at large influences politics a lot. Yeah. Um, and influences individuals' philosophies, yes. right? It's kind of the default if you don't choose to self-awaken and self-analyze. Yeah, so with um, convincing people that philosophy is important, uh, it's an issue that I still struggle with. I mean, I, so here's something that as a just person, I will say, I do not know all the answers, but I can, I can try to give my experience with the matter and share my successes. And maybe we can get something from that. So right. I would say the best way of showing people what, philosophy really is and why it is important is you you like it's really just asking them like why do you do the things that you do you yeah. know and and where is that coming from what is influencing that and and if you go down far enough like a little kid who just keeps asking why you know um eventually a lot of people will just kind of blank out they'll they'll say something like oh you know because that's the way it is or that's the society like that's the that's where we're living right now that's what that's what we care about you know it's just mm -hmm. like a they just make a, an arbitrary claim at some point at some point right so i think um 
you have to you have to really show people like you know what are things in the world that you're not necessarily satisfied with and let me show you that there's something that integrates everything you know philosophy is a big connector which is why mm-hmm. i like to i wanted to t- touch on psychology and spirituality that got you into philosophy because ph- philosophy in its proper role in the hierarchy of concepts i would say is one of the first it's one of the top level concepts that integrates almost every other field yeah right so psychology and spirituality and spirituality the way i would understand it and define it as um concerning um see now you're you got me on on the spot let's see let's see well, I, um, I see it as concerning your relationship with your deepest self that's the way i kind of um would define it i suppose yeah like I think I think that's on the right track. I would say it has to do with um, it definitely has to do with your thoughts and maybe the I would say the fulfillment of your of your yeah your values. I think it, it also concerns it has a lot to do with concerning values. Um, yeah. Now we don't necessarily need to define it explicitly just to make this point. Um, the the point is that philosophy integrates both of those things psychology is a science regarding the mind and um philosophy is in both informing and informed by psychology i would say i would say if you know nothing about psychology then your philosophy might be um misguided perhaps yeah because what yeah Yeah, and the the, the thing I think of is, you know, when talking about asking why you think those things and how people get to a dead end, that is what psychotherapy is for and helps, is when you have, because I, I haven't read uh, Ayn Rand's fiction, but from what I understand, you know, someone's fundamental premise, if it's off a bit, it eventually leads to, you know, quite large problems. And that was my own experience, and that's the experience with a lot of people with mental health issues. It was some, some determination they had made 20 years ago that has just fed into so many other thoughts and determinations. And it takes a lot of strength and effort to figure out what that is. And that's what psychotherapy kind of helps direct, is figuring out what is the root cause of this thought that's unhealthy, and then learning that you can switch it right? Because people think it's, it's impossible and that kind of thing. So, but I, I do think, I mean, just, I do see the complete parallels with objectivism for sure. Like I would recommend everyone to read uh, Philosophy Who Needs It. And in that book, it's like, they say that book, they're not trying to sell you on objectivism. They're trying to sell you on philosophy. And they trust if you're sold on philosophy, eventually you'll choose objectivism. Yes, because right? they have they have <laughs> the deepest confidence in their own reasoning. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it comes down to what I, I want to kind of... Ayn Rand's idea of focus, right? And it's, it's just whether or not you choose to pay attention to yourself and the world and it's like like a fundamental choice and it's the only choice really every other choice is just whether or not you continue to do that 
even if it's if it's hard right and i mean bringing in spirituality and we might disagree with this piece of it but she says like fundamentally that's what it is and that's what it was for me right i had allowed myself to stay out of focus meaning like not questioning myself to the core um and because I was getting good results with things, I was generally progressing as I should progress, even though I knew there was something off inside me. So I didn't, and it was, you know, and the longer it took, the longer it lasted, the harder it was. So the less I was willing to do that. But then once, once I actually, you know, decided and finally had the courage to focus on myself and really decide, no, I'm going to do better, that's when everything kind of changed. And, and for me, it's so important that ev like that is what makes you a happy, successful and engaged person fundamentally. Right. And I mean, there's so many, you know, famous quotes, famous spiritual leaders and all of that stuff that say, you know, almost the same thing. Right. It's all about if you if you just know what you stand for and you know who you are nothing else matters and you will be happy and you will have success and it, it fundamentally comes down to that that binary switch of i am going to do that or i'm not um for ayn rand she says still that you know you can't she's yet to know what causes that switch to finally flip and i would i would argue that for a lot of people that experience is their experience of what they'd call finding god right because it's this this thing deep inside of them that just tells them that they can do better or that kind of thing. That's what I'm positing right now. But regardless, and I'm not saying that is the answer. I'm not one of these people who says anything we don't understand. Well, that's God. But this what people experience as God is that um, like, you know, Jesus comes to them and they know they can turn their life around or that kind of thing. And they start to pay attention. Um, and I mean, I, that was partially my experience, not with Jesus, but with like spirituality generally. But I think it's just so important that more people start to do that, uh, you know, from any avenue. And I, and I think particularly when we bring it back to why I think it's important, why I think it's important for people, it's not only brought happiness and success to my life, but that is how you change society and politics for the better like everyone i talk to knows there's something wrong with society and they think oh if just we had a better government then everything would fix but it's like no it's all from individual philosophy outward that's where it starts right and it's more if more people know what they stand for truly everything else filters from there yeah um really good um that was, a, that was a very good talk. Uh, uh, now, my my take on on that switch, for for me, when it happened was when uh, I learned more about altruism and its effects on the larger society. So mm. I learned. So I I had to ask myself, you know, am I living for my own sake, or am I living for the sake of others? Am yeah. I am I self interested or am I selfless? Um, and that was the realization that there were a lot of things that um, I was just like doing for other people that I didn't need to be doing because yeah. I held that idea that you know like to be good is to live for the sake of others. Yeah. But and I yeah. But now it's it's 
you know, you, you have to ask yourself, like, what is good and what is bad? And and define those things like what what defines that? Like what in what decides if something is good or bad? That is a topic of philosophy. And that so the change in my uh, my thoughts on that is what I would say flip the switch for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think, um, I think there's still work to be done on what, what can really convince people to flip that switch, as we say. Yeah. And I think I, I'm, I'm just, I am heartened that it seems to be happening more and more. And even, even, you know, all I can do is, is care about it and talk about it and then trust that in my natural like way of life I'll start to influence people to make that make that decision as well right um, and it seems it seems more difficult than ever um, but I, I do think it's possible and I, I think there are other people kind of doing it as well like I I, 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 I think it's happening I, I think it's starting to happen because some people have seen that it's it's necessary at this point um yeah yeah i think you're 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 optimistic about it i would say <laughs> i'm 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 kind of neutral about the topic because i do see people in my own life that i think do deeply care about this and they they are waking up to it but at the same time i also encounter a lot of people who just don't want to recognize it at all um yeah so, the reason I'm so optimistic is because of how lost I know I actually was. Um, and so, like, for a lot of people, they, they might think, you know, I've only changed like 10, 10 to 20%, let's say, from how I was in university. Um, because, you know, I was always, I had always bought into objectivism or like objective right and rationality above anything else i had always bought into those like but i didn't quite understand why or what that meant so for a lot of people they think you know well that's just kind of what i still am doing but i was actually like completely lost right like because the way i think about it you know even if you're at the start if you're 10 degrees off you know that's not that bad but i was 10 degrees off 20 years ago Right. So I, I was just extremely lost to myself because of decisions I had made, you know, at a very young age. Um, and the fact that I could find myself again and I could get back to that switch and, and you know, turn it on or flip it. And it took me so much work. The fact that I could means anyone can. Like, I honestly feel that. I, and I know there are people more lost than me. Um, unfortunately, more lost than I was, but I mean, I, you know, I, I experienced as uh, about as close to needing to end it as you can get, unfortunately. Um, and cause it's not easy when you recognize you're that lost, right? Like that is the more terrifying thing. Um, but if, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And that's what gives me optimism above anything else. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think a lot of, you'll get a, a lot of stories from, and I don't mean to, to, to do this to belittle you in any way, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stories from people within at least the objectivist community of like, they, they've, they've taken this meandering path that's always kind of twisting and turning around, like, what 
um, the right thing was. And it, it has taken a lot of people a long time to come to the actual, like, good conclusions because of, like, yeah, what else they're influenced by, right? A lot of people, yeah. it's religion. Um, some people, it's, you know, it's just family. Or some people, it's, like, radical uh, left-wing ideologies. Well, um, that's the thing is when most people, when they're lost, they are open to anyone who says they have the way, yeah. right? And that's what you're seeing now with so many people being bought into. It used to be radical religion, largely. Um, um, and religion has, you know, pros and cons, in my opinion. But now it's much more these ideologies. But right? see, there's people still... are lost and they want someone who says, who claims to have a compass. Yeah. And the, the thing is, they don't, since they're not actually examining what they were dissuaded from, from their previous uh, mode of belief. Uh, they still hold on to that altruistic premise, so they yeah. look for things that that confirm that still. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I, I and I want to go back to the convincing people it's important philosophy. Yeah. Um, I think another um, aspect that we didn't really touch on too much uh, what is art. Um, mm-hmm. Now. There's a lot of debate actually within the objectivist community of like, is what is the best way of, of reaching out to the broader culture uh, mm-hmm. and, and showing this philosophy? A lot of people uh, will argue that it's education. Yeah. Um, so giving more materials, um, having more uh, dialogue about this and, and, and really showing people and educating and informing them. Other people think that um, art is actually a good way of showing people, but not in a propagandistic way. Rather, people who are informed by objectivism will create art that is more, uh, like carries more values that would align with an objectivist. Yeah. Right. And and when people when other people see that who have never experienced it, um. The art doesn't necessarily explicitly tell them something is wrong, but rather it speaks to their sense of life. And you, if you influence that sense of life enough, um, then you know these people will that eventually will start to flicker. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's yeah. a good good uh, analogy. I th- I think that's really important. And I mean, like personally, I've kind of I'm trying to take both approaches. Like I've. As I've started to find myself, I've needed an artistic outlet. For me, it's 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 poetry uh, more so because my visual art skill isn't great. But I think that's so important, and and that does resonate with people more. And I can capture in a poem, like much more power than this hour conversation, right? And it can really just hit home and resonate with people. Um, and so I. I think both are so important, um, and and I don't know which is which is the most Im- which is more important. But I, I guess would that's argue not an easy answer. Yeah, I would argue it's more of a spiral uh, between. They feed off of each other. Yes, and they, exactly. They work together. So yeah. I would say the art um, shows people this this thing. Then they get more informed. Then they create better art, and then people are more informed. Then they create better art, and. Yeah. And there's other factors as well. So there's like, yeah, there's the psychology of people 
in the culture in general, which right now I think, I, I just think it's a psych, I think the, if we could summarize the psychology of society, I would say it's a psychology of very low self-esteem. And high anxiety. And high, yes, which, yeah, and those two are very linked to each other. They go hand in hand, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And art, I think, is a better way to get through to someone who has low self-esteem and high anxiety than education. Let's look at, let's look at um, other times in history where art uh, changed the culture. So, um, I mean, objectivists are really big on the Enlightenment, right? That was the... That was the point where the U.S. was founded on very, very rational principles. Um, And that was very much like started, rather spearheaded by the art of the time. So the art was one of the first things in the Renaissance to rebel against that very uh, orthodox uh, religious view of the world that, you know, this world is is for suffering and for death and all bad things, whereas life in heaven is what's great. The yeah. artists rebelled against that by painting nudes, by uh, painting yeah. physical objects, like still life. Um, yeah, and, and showing the beauty of life. Yes, and, and that... Without goosebumps. Yes, yeah. uh, and, and, and when you see that art, and you you have that historical context in which it was made. It, you gain so much more appreciation for what these artists did, and and you see that okay, well, hold on, hold on. Right after this art was starting to be created, you had more philosophers like John Locke, or you know, um, uh, like Hobbes, like people who who. Well, who, and and I mean, and it just inspires people, right? Yeah. And so like where you know we still don't know what causes that switch to flip yeah but this can right someone it's about how you can express your inner light that your that your light is on your switch has flipped and yes and if you can capture that in a picture that is much more immediately transferable to someone else yes right? it is a very it is a very it's inspiring and automatic way of doing it without explicitly saying anything and and the way i measure art is you know like how well does it actually achieve that purpose right if it if i don't gain any like instant recognition of my own recognition of my own values then that is a um a quick way of of judging that that art is probably not the best like yeah. if I'm not if I'm really not getting anything from it right away, then um, I think there's something about it that, like, although it's not necessarily a one like a 100% accurate judgment, it's just mm-hmm. a very quick way of of saying like, okay, this art is for me, or it's or it's not. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I think you know we we we've hopped around between art and politics and you know personal growth, but. The fundamental thing is philosophy does capture all of this. Like you said, it is the fundamental. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's so important. And I really do believe that, you know, all of all of my friends, all of my peers and anyone needs to look at themselves and, and know what they stand for, know what their philosophy is, because meandering aimlessly and, and evading that question is just as bad as having the wrong answer because you will be led astray 
by someone who 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 chooses to do so um, and I think that's so dangerous and like I have no desire to lead people in that way that's why I, I no longer have an interest in politics as such because I only have an interest in in, in trying to encourage as many people as possible to turn on their own light and and add their chorus, add their voice to the dialogue and the conversation. Exactly. I don't think I have anyone else's answers. I only have my answers. And I'm hoping that they decide to find out their own. Yeah, politics, it seems like such a... Like, I, I've lost a lot of interest in it. Although, like, I still pay attention to what happens. It's just... It's not a primary in my life. Mm -hmm. It's it's like I see things that happen in the in the world, and I say, okay, well, what do I think this is really a result of? And that's the more driving question for me, you know. Yeah. And 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 I ask myself, how do I, how do we, how do we change that? And 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 it's not by, it's not by putting a gun to millions of people and telling them to live away a certain way, right? It's yeah. it's like showing that you can live a good life and then that influences others yeah and and that's really that's really it and like all i'll say you know to end it off is that it is scary to do it like i i did not enjoy the process particularly while i was going through it um personally but i'm so grateful that i'm only 26 and have done it Right, because the option is, um, the option is it just get like it's it's harder the longer you wait to do it, and it becomes less likely that you'll actually do it. And I, I think I thought of a quote that says like, someone said that the definition of hell is on your last day on earth you see who you could have been, oh. and it's like that is, you know. I am fully awake now and I am every day focusing on who I want to be and who I can be. And that is just so powerful to me. And that is why I know, you know, I will do well in the world. Yeah. Write your goals. Uh, write what drives you and, and look at it and examine it and say, you know, I have a limited time. Um, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. You know. Well, uh, thank you very much, Tom. I really, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I look forward to having many more with you. Great, thanks, David. I really appreciate the uh, the talk, and I think it was enlightening for both of us. Yeah, and thanks to everyone who listened. Um, I hope you got your fill the same way I got mine, and uh, tune in next week. Mm -hmm.